see you there uh welcome to the christmas special um now before we get into anything because i know uh it is um this is a pretty anticipated episode for the star wars reasons um that intro music you heard not taken from anywhere actually made by our good friend red velvet poppy so go check him out and go check his music out thank you again mr velvet poppy for the intro music and outro. We're using it for both. But it is time. A lot of people, including Red Velvet Poppy, have been awaiting this episode. It is the episode on Christmas after the Rise of Skywalker. So how about before we get into the Rise of Skywalker, how about a little context, Roz? How do you feel about that? About what? Oh, I'm going to provide some context. So, the day, it's a week ago today when we're recording this. It's Monday, the, you know, 16th. I'm big chilling. It's like noon, um, office party, you know how it be. And I get a text from my dad. Hey, we're, you know, a bunch of us are going to see Rise of Skywalker. You want to come? So I contemplate it. I mean, at this point, I had not seen 7 or 8. So I'm like, uh... So I decided, yes, I'll go. I tell my good friend Raza here this information. And he asked me, well, have you seen 7 or 8? And uh, I said no, because I hadn't. So he's like, all right, we're watching them together. We actually did that on the show, so a little war for you. So we did that. Uh, Wednesday night, we watched episode 7 with Ian. And then Thursday, we watched just us. We watched episode 8. And right after episode 8, about 20 minutes after, Raza goes to see episode 9. And that's where we are today. Um, so Raza and I, we're both in agreement. We did not like this movie at all. Um, Raza hates it probably the most... I've never seen someone hate something as much as Raza hates this movie. Really? Yes. I mean... You hate this movie. I do. Um, I mean, my tweet... That that tweet garnered a lot of hate and a lot of attention. You know the one I'm talking about? Yes, the one that yeah. was like, The Rise of Skywalker is an absolute... You want to read it verbatim? Yeah, I'll, I'll pull it up right now. Yeah, go pull it up for it's, us. It's, it's pretty animated. So I said that... <clears throat> Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker is one of the worst movies of all time. It is an absolute disgrace to the Star Wars saga, and its existence is a stain on humanity. Don't see this movie. Please boycott it. You'll save time, money, and sanity. Everything hurts. End quote. I think that everything hurts added a lot to that. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 after, like, you know, movie ends, you see, written and directed by J.J. Abrams... Um, I literally, I, I, I just, I was sinking in my, in my theater chair and I was just thinking to myself that, you know, everything was a lie, you um, know, 
there's that video of me. Then I then I started actually like yelling. Oh, at the people. video. Okay, actually, you know what? Now that you bring up the video, uh, I'm gonna put it in right here, so you you guys can hear the the reaction. So, uh, Bryce, I'm editing this one. So, uh, put this in here. Like, good decision. This didn't really feel like Star Wars. I'll give you that. It didn't even feel like the movie. It was a nightmare. <laughs> anyway, so back to it. So, Raza, you basically have wrote a holy Bible about how much you hate this movie. Well, it's like points that I'll elaborate on. I, the, I only have one thing, like, actually written, like, as you know, sentences, and that's just how I'm going to introduce my, my, my thesis here. So you wanted to start with the positives. Well, first, let, first I'm going to start with my, my introduction. It's just a couple. It's one sentence, actually. Okay. So, <clears throat> Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker is a very bad video game made by a <laughs> man-child playing with his action figures in his mother's basement that thinks it's a movie but it's actually an abomination that should not exist for the good of mankind. Okay, so you think it's like... I think you've said that before to me, that it's a like it feels like a bad video game plot. It is a, it is a video game plot. It is Ooh, kind of a it's video like, game plot. It's like... By the way, we should establish the fact that right now this is going to be extremely spoiler-heavy. So if you have not yes, seen The yes, Rise yes, of Skywalker yes. by now, please turn this off. Uh, I would say go watch the movie, but please don't. Because uh, I care about you. Um, <laughs> so go on r slash Star Wars leaks, read the plot summary, then come back and we'll discuss this. Or watch go on some it. illegal Chinese website, watch the movie. I mean, it'll be a waste of 150 of your minutes. Um, but if you're that intrigued, then, you know, by all means, go ahead. Uh, but if you care about having The Rise of Skywalker not spoiled to you, don't listen to this until after you have watched the movie or read the plot summary and then come back and level with me on everything we're about to discuss. Okay. So, now we have the spoiler warning. You could go ahead. All right. So, yes, it is a very messy video game plot, and I'll get into that later. But I did say I want to start with the positives, because there's, like, seven of them compared to, like, a trillion negatives. So, um, here are the positives. The first two I'll get out of the way will never, ever be a problem in a Star Wars movie. You can always go into a Star Wars movie and expect these two things to slap. One is the score. Yes. Uh, someone Actually, on, not someone anymore, on because the guy who scored them is not doing them anymore. So well, yes, this, was, this, this is John Williams' last ever Star Wars movie. Good for him. You know what? Good for him. And he went uh, out on a high note. The score was beautiful. It was incredible. Someone was like, oh, it's just the greatest hits album. And I'm like, is that a problem? I don't see the problem with that. Like all these, all these scores slap. All my favorite themes um, were in the movie, except like all the big ones. Like my favorite, my, either my favorite or my second favorite. I always go back and forth on this. Either my favorite or my second favorite score in all of Star Wars history is um, the Bespin theme from episode five, which obviously wouldn't make an appearance in this movie, I mean, although Lando Calrissian is in this movie, like, it's not on Bespin, so we don't need the Bespin theme, obviously. But, like, all the other really good themes that, uh, you know, transcend singular movies that, like, apply to characters or themes. You know, you got the Force theme. Uh, you had Yoda's theme playing when Luke lifts the X-Wing out of the water, which I thought was really cool. Uh, I love Ray's theme. I hate the character, but I love the theme. Um, <laughs> You'll get into that. 
Don Williams does it again. He always will. I mean, I guess not anymore, of course, but um, for 11 movies and several TV shows, John Williams, props to you, my friend. And I hope you ride off into the sunset. Um, second was visuals. Uh, we live it, in 2019. Like, we live in 2019. The movie has a budget of, like, $600 trillion of your taxpayer dollars. Uh, <laughs> of your so Disney of, Plus dollars. Of your Disney Plus dollars, of course. And so, of course, the visuals are going to slap. It's a Star Wars movie. It's directed by J.J. Abrams, who's always been known for his visuals. But here's the thing. For me, when I say, oh, a movie looked good, it had good visuals, it was the equivalent of when, like, you know, you know when you grew up and you were playing, like, you know, Little League and, you know, let's say you had a bad game, but after the game you're riding home with your dad and he says, it's all right, pal, you, you made solid contact. Yeah, it's like that. <laughs> That's what it means. You like, said it that while we were watching 7 and 8. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you make solid contact if you're not getting on base. That's fast. You know? Just because a movie looks pretty, and this is the problem with the Star Wars, with the Star Wars "quote unquote" fan base, which are actually just casual, brainwashed motherfuckers. They're like, "Oh, look at all these cool effects! Time to give the movie an eight out of ten on IMDb." Are you dumb? Are you stupid? We are in Star Wars, okay? Well, we're not in Star. Well, not we're not in Star Wars yet. Even though I don't know if you saw that, Donald Trump gave us a space force we're about to be in star wars so we're about to be in star wars but this is star wars this is the ninth film of a core saga it's more than just visuals at this point like people are like oh but the prequels had like shitty cgi and i'm like well they also had early 2000s i was like yeah first of all that was before the era of good cgi second of all that the prequels aren't shitty because of this solely because of the CGI. It's because the script is terrible, the screenwriting is terrible, the actors, except for like two, are terrible. Like, no, there's three good actors. What you and McGregor, and McDermott, and the guy who played Anakin in the third movie. Eh, eh. He was good. Are well, you- Hayden, Hayden, I love Hayden Christensen because he's a big part of my childhood. But I'll get into Hayden Christensen later. Trust me, there I'm going to hit a lot of points here. Okay, a lot of points. So, um, yeah, the visuals are always going to be good. What the fuck did you expect? And just because the visuals are good doesn't mean the movie is good. Like, oh, what? It's a beautiful movie in terms of visuals. I'll give it that, and the score is great. But outside of that, I do not think I could give it any more points, as you have said. Well, I have a few more points. So, positive. There's a new character that's introduced. I, I mean, very, very small, very minuscule, both literally and in his role in the movie. And his name is Babu Frick. He's the guy who is the droid person who, like, wipes C-3PO's memory for the translation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I just thought that little guy was hilarious. The, what's her and name? I, the girl with him is a fucking great character, too. I wish there was more he, of her in the movie. Yeah, she is. She 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 denies Poe any of that pussy though. So. That, well, I mean, in the movie, that was hilarious. Yeah. Come on, that was that was pretty funny. Yeah, the end that was really like, good. Like, I I didn't express a lot of emotion in this movie. I chuckled like twice. One of them was at that Poe moment, and one of them was just probably something Babu Frick did. And then I also teared up at the end, but I'll get to that uh, later. So Babu Frick is hilarious, and he's gonna. I mean, he only exists to sell toys. So good on Disney for getting the toy money. Next positive, uh, there's that moment after the battle between uh, Kylo Ren and Rey on 
the wreckage of that of the Death Star 2.0, which, by the way, I don't know how it's still there in perfect position that's after fine. like 40 years no, after that's the. Okay. Like, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> okay. Anyways, Ben Ben Solo is just standing there post mortem. I'll get into that later, of course. Post mortem, Ben Solo is just standing there, and you hear someone go, "Hey, kid!" And he turns around, and it's Harrison fucking Ford of all people. It, it should just, have been Hayden Christensen. It should have been Hayden Christensen. Yeah, it really but should have been. But that, that's neither here nor there. It's, it's, it's Han Solo. I want to know how much he got fucking paid for being in the movie for 90 seconds. That must have been a fat paycheck. Because Harrison it Ford hates, hates Star Wars. So it must have been a big-ass paycheck. Um, and it's a very touching moment. It's like Ben you know, replaying that memory from the bridge in Episode 7 over again in his head. And you can tell it, like, it torments him and etc etc and you know the city he has the same lines he's like like, i you know i I know what i have to do but i don't know if i have the strength to do it you know like he's replaying the moment and you know the the really good part is when he says um like he's actually like emotionally breaking and he says like dad and like he wants to say like but dad i love you and something like that han solo just goes i know because that's the classic Han Solo Mm -hmm. but that great moment is followed up by the heresy of kylo ryan chucking his lightsaber into the ocean no, my biggest problem with like, after that scene, there is not much of Kylo Ren at all in the rest yeah, of this dude, movie. Dad is his last word in the Skywalker saga. No, it's not. Doesn't he say he says He says ow when he goes to Exegol. Ow was his last an word. On, ow was an onomatopoeia, so dad is his last word. Yeah. Anyways, that's a nice touching moment. Speaking of... The Solo family. I like the fact that we got to see Leia as a Jedi. You know, in those like flashback CGI scenes. Yeah, that was um, cool. It, you know, because it's been like talked about in the EU, which is now has been stricken off as non-canon by Star Wars by Disney because huh, we can't have the actual lore that you know people have grown up with being relevant in our movies because that's just too logical for us. We don't do logic here at Disney Star Wars. I'm Kathleen Kennedy. I should be unemployed. Um. <laughs> As as I was saying earlier, I like the part where Luke lifts his X-wing. It's a very nice callback to Episode Five, um, and then Ray just hops in it and takes flight. Because, yeah, that's fine. I'm sure it it can fly. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, it's that's just been vibing underwater for thirty it's years. Literally no just deal. vibing in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even in the sky. It's underwater. That's this true. motherfucker's been underwater for. No, so that's long. how it was flying. It was just vibing. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was on another. I love, vibe, I love that it was like they like they see it on the radar. It's like, oh, that's Luke Skywalker's X-wing. Cool. Yeah, you know that. <laughs> we All know right. this how exactly. Uh, who cares? Um, I'm pretty sure it was, it was because Leia. I'm sorry, Ray sent a transmission to R2D2 because those two, the, the X-wing and R2 that's, were connected. Yeah, okay, that's so that and, and and C3PO was like, R2D2 is receiving a transmission from Master Luke. Shout out to uh, C-3PO, another positive in this movie, by the way. He was not a fucking positive in this movie. No, listen. He was not. I wanted to kill him for 50 minutes. Like, he pretty much just served the same role as he served in episode 5. And I'm fine with that. Uh, Because I love episode 5. He was... I did not like C-3PO in this movie. He... Um, I I just didn't think he needed that big of a role at this point. Yeah, the whole translation thing was kind of over overdone that shit was way too much of the plot bro i come on i mean would you rather have that or you know 
You could have filled that the, in the, with the, any the, Kylo Ren the, moment. The, the, the fucking horses on the casino planet in okay, episode 8. Yeah, you're right. I mean, if I had the two, is the two. They're both pretty bad. But I mean, that's the worst subplot in the history of Star Wars. It might be, yeah. Like, it, it rivals the Anakin Padme subplot in episode 2. But at least that one has significance. <laughs> that one actually ended up being significant, so... Yeah. We never see the um, horses again. <laughs> yeah, thank well, God. Um, wow, okay. So, we're, we're almost at the end of the positives. Um, this one is, like, kind of a positive, kind of not. I kind of like the fact... I, okay, I don't like the what they did with it. But the concept of a dyad in the Force is kind of cool to me. Because it's something we haven't seen before. The fact that Rey and Ben are, a, are what Palpatine says is a dyad in the Force. Um, interesting, but how? And, and, and why? My problem with this whole trilogy is they don't explain shit. Yes, nothing is explained, because that just takes too much time. And Star Wars it's is... It's not like that's what made, you know, the originals great. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Star Wars is built on things being explained, and they did not explain shit. Like, in Episode Five, Yoda gives the best speeches about the, the ways of the Force, and Luke still doesn't master it until multiple years later in Return of the Jedi. Even in, And even then, he's not a Jedi until he refuses... He throws away his lightsaber and refuses to side with Palpatine. But... Ray gets like half of a talk about the force from Luke in episode eight. Like a half, like a half ass. Like, yeah, this is how it works. And, and she's, she's just a like fucking god. And she's like the most OP character in the saga. Again, yeah, I'll get into that later. It's so, like it would have. I would have loved to have explained like how they're a dyad in the force. And that's actually one of the only things that was built upon that was established in episode eight, which is yeah. very rare because these two directors just wanted to undo what the other one did. But like, like. You know, I would have liked to have been had been explained, or at least why they're a dyad in the forest, because they're both equals in the light and the dark. That doesn't really make sense. If that's the case, why they aren't equals though? Like, why wouldn't you know Darth Maul and Qui Gon Jinn have been a dyad? Were in they the okay? Let me ask you this: Were they ever equals in the forest ever? Because I feel no, like I don't the, think so because they weren't. Because Kylo actually was trained, like, from the a very young age. At the beginning, Kylo was much better, even though that's not exactly portrayed. But... It's, it's not. Because, like, in Episode 7, you know, she resists his mind control, and then she fucking yeah. beats him in their battle, which is so ridiculous. But, anyways, um, if that was built upon at all... Maybe it could have been, you know, Maybe. an actual cool part of this movie. But in 8, uh, she's already a fucking god. Exactly. Well, by the end, so Kylo's beneath her, and nine, he's way beneath her. So I don't think they were ever equals. In the I world. mean, Ray is Ray wins that battle. I'm sorry, Kylo wins that battle in the water on the Death Star wreckage. He, he wins that battle, but then Leia like sacrificed you know, herself. You no, know, Force texts him, and he's like, "Sorry, mom, I can't talk. I'm playing Minecraft." And then Ray just kills him. But I can't. She does. I can't pause my game. And then uh, he does pause the game and gets fucking murdered. Well, I'll get uh, almost. But I'll I'll get into that fuckery later. There's two more positives. One of them, both of them are actually the best things I took away from this movie. They both happened in the last five minutes. One is Chewbacca getting a medal. I think Chewbacca has a case for greatest Star Wars character of all time. To be honest, like, I I I I find it hard to disagree with you because that's something like real fans will understand. Um. And I actually, that was the, 
one part of the movie I felt any real emotion. Like not even when Leia I, died. Not even yeah, the movie made me not care about the death of That's fucked up, bro. <laughs> but I'll get into that later. Again. Um Um like I actually said out loud, aw, and then like I I I almost cried. Like there were tears in my eyes. The only thing I said I, <laughs> So it was when like they were getting CP3O or yeah, C3PO. Like they were getting them translated and Kylo Ren shows up and Ray senses Chewie's alive and she goes, "Oh, Chewie's alive." And Poe Poe's like, "What? How's that possible?" And I said out loud, "Good question." <laughs> Yeah, that's, again, a huge problem with the movie. I'll get into that very soon. So I liked Chewie getting his medal. It actually made me feel emotion. It was 42 years in the making. Kevin Smith, I'm sure, is extremely happy about that. If you don't know who Kevin Smith is, he's a very popular movie person on Mm -hmm. the internet. So I'm sure he's very happy. Um, And the last positive I took away from this is something I'm kind of, you know, conflicted about because I feel like this, like, it's kind of stupid, but at the same time, it's really cool. But at the same time, it only exists for merchandising. And that's Ray's lightsaber. Ray's yellow lightsaber at the end of the movie. I that think one's, I like that saber. Actually. I think it's sick as fuck. That is pretty sick. Like, I wish she started using that in eight. Yeah, me too. So there's, again, the problems I have with it. One, like, you get a lightsaber and the lightsaber color from, like, the Kyber crystal. That mm-hmm. you get like that you get like every Jedi goes on their own journey and finds their own Kyber crystal and makes their own lightsaber and that and, like it's really important. That's why when Luke is talking to Vader in Episode Six and he gives he gives him his lightsaber, Vader goes, "I see you have constructed a new lightsaber. Your training is complete. Or, like your skills are now complete. Like that's a very big moment for a Jedi. Like when well, we they just skip that in this one. But like, yeah, we just go from like you know everyone hugging each other and like a, a, a gay kiss at the rebel base to to um to Ray just having that lightsaber. But I like, just like because she obviously had multiple colors on that shit, so she had multiple crystals. When the fuck has that ever happened? Well, I mean, everyone has their own kyber crystal, and that determines the color. But she had but multiple like, colors. Well, she she never used her own lightsaber. That's true. No, I mean, like, the saber itself, like, the one she had at the end, had multiple, like, color options. Did it? Yeah. Are you serious? I, I think, don't think it, that's true. I'm... It looked like it did. It's it's you're saying that because it's like a, it's it's a ring mechanism. So instead of like pushing a button, you kind of twist the ring to turn it on. Maybe it's, it's, maybe it I'm tripping. Work, it doesn't work like the multicolored pens we used in middle school. Maybe maybe I'm like, tripping. But, yeah, you are tripping. Okay. So I I'm like tripping. I like I like the yellow lightsaber. It's the first time we've seen anyone that's a main character in these movies have a yellow lightsaber. So good on her. That's awesome. But that entire scene is terrible and i'll get into that so that that's the end of the positives all right here we go with the meat so if you were so if you are uh if you are someone that is isn't into uh any negatives at all uh good luck or you might have to click off i mean i can pref i can preface this by saying like i want to tell the people that you know have been in my mentions and you know angrily responding to me on reddit and all that stuff listen 
everyone can have their own opinion. And I respect everyone's opinions. Even though I've been telling people like, oh, if you like this movie, you're you're stupid. Like it's just out of anger. Listen, if you liked episode nine, if you like the sequels, I'm genuinely happy for you because that means you got the conclusion to the Skywalker saga that you wanted. And I guess that like we all deserve the happy ending. No one dislikes the ending of Avengers. Right? Because like it, it, it's really good. So like I'm really happy if you got the ending you wanted, the ending you deserved. And if you enjoyed it, that's fantastic. But I'm here to tell you why the people on my side of the argument do not side with you whatsoever and it's more logical than anything anyone has said about why the movie is good so are you ready i'm ready so the overarching negative about not only this movie this movie specifically because they kind of put everything over the edge but the trilogy as a whole it completely and utterly invalidates and undermines the core story of star wars episodes one through six otherwise known as the story of who, Bryce? Of uh, Anakin Skywalker. Oh, who's that? Darth I don't Vader. know who that is. Oh, I, I I don't know who that is. I'm Kathleen Kennedy, and I haven't watched any Star Wars movies in my entire life. So um, I don't know who Anakin Skywalker is. I do understand. Like, that is something like you kind of like. I didn't really think about that at, like, at that time. But after you, you, you said that to me, and I thought about it, I'm like... Well, shit, I guess he's right, because if Anakin didn't kill Palpatine, then that means none of this, none of the original six movies matter. Anakin is the chosen one. He well, is he the one was, who will, well, he, who will okay. destroy, destroy the Sith and bring balance to the Force. Guess what? He fucking did it. He did it in episode six. The ending of episode six is the most perfect ending to a saga in, like, the history of perfect endings. Uh, Not a great movie, but... Absolutely beautiful. When they burn Anakin's body, he, everyone's at peace. There's peace in the Force. There's balance in the Force. Everyone's happy. You see the Force go and shit like that. It's pristine. It's pristine. And you know why? Because the thing that had been built up to, at least at that point for six years, but like for the new fans, you know, watching one through six, those six movies lead up to those final five, ten minutes. And it's perfect because the story of Anakin Skywalker, the story of Star Wars is truly complete. But J.J. Abrams saw that Ryan Johnson shit on what Abrams did in 7. So he was like, I'm going to shit on what Ryan Johnson did in 8, but also try and finish this saga in the most convoluted and stupid way possible. And we lack imagination here at Disney, so we are going to just bring back Palpatine. But in the process, that means Anakin Skywalker is not the chosen one. So let me, I, I do want to say this. It really watching nine. It felt like after eight, they had no idea what to do. Um, all they knew was the fans were really upset, and they needed to do something. So they came up. They were in a boardroom. J.J. Abrams is in there, and someone said, "Yeah, let's bring Palpatine back," and they went with it. I don't feel like this. I don't feel like this movie had any kind of foresight or thought in terms of plot. It's not just the movie; it's the it's the trilogy. They didn't I, have. I'm a saying plan. this movie, and they obviously didn't. But I'm talking like it really showed in this movie that they had Which no idea what they were doing. Episode eight, because Ryan Johnson saw all the stuff that Abrams set up in Episode seven and just didn't go with any of it. Like if they had a plan, 
for the three movies, it would have showed. And we would have gotten probably a good trilogy of movies. Probably. Like a solid three movies. Yeah. Instead, we only got one solid movie and like, two if of you the worst t- ever. Like, if you told me when I came out of The Force Awakens in December of 2015, like if someone from, like a, if a time traveler was there at that movie theater, and as I was walking out, he was like, that was a good movie, wasn't it? I was like, yeah, I enjoyed it. He was like, this trilogy is going to be perceived as worse than the prequels. I would have been See, like... I wouldn't have got that from that movie. Because Seven's w- not that bad. I like Seven. I think Seven's really cute. And above all, it's a good Star Wars movie. Is it a ripoff of A New Hope? Yes. It is it's literally watered down A New Hope. But like, is it, is it riddled to the brim with fan service? Absolutely. Is it a good movie? Yes. It is. You can have fan service and the movie's still good. It's just when you See, cross yes, the line. Funny. That is true. Avengers Endgame, the last like 45 minutes is all fan service. The entire movie is all fan service. I don't know. Well, yeah, you could. From the second that. I go back in time in Avengers Endgame, the entire movie fan service. I think as but, soon as they bring back Ant Man, that's actually not. <laughs> that's not a bad point. But like, uh, it's just they see Anakin Skywalker, the hero of the galaxy, the the, the goat, the goat. He's he's the Michael Jordan of Star Wars, like. He's the most and, powerful Jedi there was until Rey, I guess. And they're just like, mm, actually, no, I don't really feel like it. You know how we we see the entire progression of Anakin Skywalker's life in the first six movies? We really do, like, We see his entire life, and we see everything that Yoda points out to us about the Force and about the dark side of the Force. He's like, fear is a path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. In episode one, Anakin Skywalker is a very fearful child. He's a, he's scared of like the he knows that he has stuff in him, but he's kind of scared. He's scared. He's away from his mother. He's with the, all these fucking weird Jedi people in the council and stuff like that. He's he's a scared boy. But alas, he's trained by Obi Wan Kenobi. In episode two, we see that he's very filled with anger. His mom dies. He murders an entire village of, of fucking sand people. And not just the men, but the women and the children too. Because they were like animals. And he slaughtered them like animals. Right? We see he's very filled with anger. And then in episode three, the anger becomes exactly what it's prophesied to become. Hate. He's very hateful of everything. He sees that his wife is going to die. He hate. He, he just... He's hateful. He turns to the dark side because of it. And then episodes four, five, six, he's suffering as especially episodes five and six. He's suffering as Darth Vader. He doesn't want to have to hurt his child. He doesn't want to kill his child. And eventually he sacrifices himself for his child and in the process brings balance to the force and completes the prophecy. But Ray, we meet her as a scavenger we learn that she comes from nothing, but she's Force-sensitive, which I don't have a problem with. That's she, fine. It's been explained many times that anyone could be Force-sensitive. So yes. Fine. I mean, F- Finn is fucking Force-sensitive. Apparently, movie. yes. A- allegedly. Um, and, and, and across two movies, four and a half hours of film, 
everyone's like, yeah, you, you're, you're like nothing. You come from nothing. You're, you're absolutely nothing. And, they, you know, that's fine. And Ryan Johnson literally said anyone can be a hero. I love that. Anyone can be a hero. I mean, that kid with the fucking broomstick at the end of episode eight that, like, force wields his broomstick, I was like, all right, a little bit interesting. But it proves to us that anyone can be force sensitive. It, it, it's like at the end of Into the Spider-Verse where Miles Morales is like, anyone can wear the mask. Like, you can wear the mask. Anyone can be a hero. Like, I, I, I like those stories. Like it's that. not a bad message. No. It's a, it's a great message. But it's like... And, and, and then a, a year after she learns that the Force even fucking exists, she, like, is the greatest of all time, and then she completely undermines Anakin's legacy by killing Palpatine, and in doing so, she becomes the Chosen One. Like... That is just terrible because at that point, if I'm showing someone, if someone's like, I want to know the story of Star Wars, why would I tell them about episodes one through six? Why would I tell them about episodes one through eight? That's my, that's my biggest problem is this like Ray being the chosen one and like the most powerful of all time. It just does not feel earned whatsoever. And like, I just like, cause when, cause four, five, six, we see Luke go through the struggle of learning the Force and becoming as powerful as he ended up being. And at, at, at no point in the entire 456 is he as powerful as Rey. No. In even episode 8. Yeah. Like, what? And, and the same thing with 1, 2, 3. We literally watch Anakin grow up. Like, we watch his entire life unfold as a child being taken in by the Jedi Council and then being trained by Obi-Wan. Like, we watch that. And I, I, want you to th- I want you to think about this for a second. Every trilogy has a main focus on a main hero. The prequels focuses on Anakin, the original trilogy focuses on Luke Skywalker, and the sequel trilogy focuses on Rey. So think about this chronologically. First, we see Anakin. Anakin goes through struggles, as we just said. And very importantly, Anakin takes damage. His mother dies in his arms after he sees that she's going to die. He has his arms chopped off. He loses several. Anyway. Okay, he has his hand chopped off. He loses his his mother. In the next movie... Hell, he's... even Luke got his arm chopped off, man. Yeah, I'm getting there. He sees his wife is going to die in child labor. He will do anything he wants to save her. And even then, he loses her. He loses the battle to his master. He loses half of his fucking body. And he becomes Darth Vader. Get to the original trilogy. In the first 30 minutes of A New Hope, Luke loses his uncle and aunt, the only two people he's ever really been close to, the only family he's ever known. They get burnt to a crisp by stormtroopers. They're just fucking dead. Then he finds an actual father figure in Obi-Wan Kenobi. And Obi-Wan Kenobi dies in front of him. He sees Obi-Wan Kenobi die. He sees Darth Vader kill Obi-Wan Kenobi. all the same movie. (laughs) Episode 5 comes along. He learns that the most hated man in the galaxy, the biggest villain of all time, Darth Vader, is his father. And he gets his his, his hand chopped off. By his father. By his father. Episode 6. He like he he's dealing with the gravity of the situation that like Yoda dies, 
right after Yoda dies, Obi-Wan Kenobi tells him that Leia is his sister. You know, and then he almost dies at the hands of the Emperor. He's taking extreme damage. But then, and then also he chops off his dad's arm, just saying. Um, Then he sees Darth Vader kill the Emperor, and then Darth Vader dies right in front of him. All of the most important people to Luke Skywalker die right in front of him. Okay? Yeah. And then at the end, it's very peaceful. He sees those three very prominent figures in his life. Anakin Skywalker, Yoda, Ben Kenobi. All in front of him is Force Ghosts. It's very peaceful. Single time, Ray takes damage. Either psychologically, mentally, or physically in the show. Not... Okay, the only time it's really... It described that she's ever taken damage was like her parents leaving, but that's not even like shown in the trilogy. It's like, and then it gets like retconned. It kind of does, yeah. Like, and the only time I can think of her taking physical damage is never in 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 the throne room scene when Kylo kills Snoke, and then they're fighting the guards. She gets like a little boo boo on her. She gets yeah. She doesn't really get damaged at all physically, like. The, Not even once. The definition of a Mary Sue. And people hate it, hate that term. And they're like, Ray is not a Mary Sue. She's a strong, independent woman. Just please, I hope everyone listens to what I just said about the main characters in the trilogy. Because that's what main characters, that's what heroes should be. Heroes take damage. You know, Tony Stark takes damage. And it helps him become Iron Man. You know, Hell, all the people in the the main Avengers took massive yeah. damage. Every single one of the six Avengers takes huge damage. Huge damage. But alas, you know, Ray is, you know, oh, look at our look at our pretty girl, Daisy Ridley, and don't focus on the plot at all. Oh, she used not one I, lightsaber, but two lightsabers. Oh, that, oh whoa, that's amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it, like I said, it just did not feel earned. Like, her being the greatest, most powerful of all time did not feel earned. And I will stand by that. Like, it's not, like like you said, she does not really take any of the the bumps a hero has to take in a plot like that. Like, how can you, like, mentally and physically abuse Luke and Anakin to the point of Anakin turning to the dark side and Luke, like... Just... Giving up on the Jedi. Yeah, he like get, almost gave up, and then, and then Ray's like, "Yeah, I'm just a goat. That's fine." It's just it's. So I don't stupid. get it either. I really, I don't. I don't understand it. I don't thought. I don't know why they thought that was a good idea, and it's not like they had a bad cast. You know, like, the cast is incredible. The three biggest actors of the trilogy: Daisy Ridley, Kylo Ren, uh, Adam Driver, and John Boyega as Finn. They're all fantastic across all three movies. They they like, do their best. They're just as written actors. They're but just the writing poorly. is oh my god. Ray is the worst written hero I've ever seen in my life. And that is not fair to Daisy Ridley because Daisy Ridley did what she could with that character. She was yes. not a bad character. She was just written so badly. Same with Adam Adam Driver. Oh my god, the poor man acted his heart out in all three movies and the first two movies his writing isn't terrible but he is just one of the three i wrote three different character assassinations down that i have to get into those three character assassinations he's one of them it's terrible it's terrible let's get into that what are your character assassinations so i just want to i want to wrap up ray real quick okay um because 
we're not talking about the biggest thing about Ray in this movie. Which is what? The Skywalker part? Well, before that, after two movies of people telling us that she's no one, they're just like, actually, she's a Palpatine. Yeah, that's definitely no one. Who's that? Yeah, who the fuck is the greatest Sith Lord of all time? <laughs> like, I just don't understand. Like, in 8, they literally drive it home, the fact that she comes from nothing. Literally, one of her parents is a direct descendant of fucking Chancellor Palpatine. He is. She's Palpatine's granddaughter. Either by blood or by by something. So We can um, assume by blood. So my cousin, who's like... 12 years old is like super is like way smarter than I am apparently he was like so Darth Sidious slash Palpatine is the apprentice of Darth Plagueis the Wise and Darth Plagueis the Wise was a dark lord of the Sith so powerful and so wise he could, he could create use, sand he, yeah he, he hilarious <laughs> he could this is important he could use he the did. force to influence midichlorians to create life so Palpatine learned that. So they were like, okay, maybe it's... People were like, oh, who fucked Palpatine? First of all, Palpatine's a good-looking motherfucker. And second of all, maybe he just created life with midichlorians and had a son who had Rey. He, that is possible, but still, that is not described I at mean, all. I mean, they could have explained it, exactly. Like, yeah. come on, help us out a little bit here. Um, and it's just... It's terrible. It's... I don't understand. My, one of my biggest gripes, before you get into character assassinations, is we go through like 2.8 movies of this trilogy, and in the last point two of the of the trilogy, Finn is Force-sensitive. Like, this is not touched upon in 7. It's not touched upon at all in 8. Finn was like, what the fuck did Finn even do in 8? And in 9, it's like... He was raped in 8. That's <laughs> what happened. He was raped. I don't know about that, but in nine, they're just like at the end, like, oh yeah, he could sense things. I don't understand that. That don't make no sense. I mean, I don't care that he's force sensitive. Just like, don't wait until the end of the trilogy to tell me that. Especially because um, he's a main character. Whatever. And then Ray, Ray just goes to Exegol and Palpatine, who literally is GLaDOS from Portal. <laughs> He really is, bro. I mean, he's he's attached to GLaDOS. The second I saw Palpatine in this movie, I was like, no, that's that's GLaDOS. Real gamers will understand that reference. Um, he's like, long have I waited for my granddaughter to come home. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Aren't you supposed to be dead? Please. He, yeah, he shut died up. like 30 some years ago. And then he just he he just keeps on rambling about strike me down and my essence will enter your body and you will become empress of this. I have a question about that. I was like, huh? I what? A I have a question. Why didn't that happen anyway? Did exactly. That, yeah, that shouldn't that have just happened anyway. Well, okay, my theory is because she didn't actually kill him. Help! He, she just deflects his force lightning to let. Oh, well, I guess. I mean, but that in itself is a that's problem. Weak. That Palpatine, is weak. Palpatine goes full ear rate base boosted mode when he shoots his lightning into the sky <laughs> and it like obliterates the fleet. <laughs> By the way, I didn't mention that in my positives. That that made me like pee that myself. That scene was fucking crazy, bro. 
I kind of wish he was like unlimited power. That, that was either way. I like it. Um, but when he does the same to Ray, she blocks it with one lightsaber yeah, and then fine. two lightsabers, and then it kills him. Huh? That's fine. What's wrong with that? <laughs> don't you anyway. know she's? Don't you know she's literally the most powerful thing in the universe now? The power of good looks. Yeah, I guess. So, and the fact that she's a Palpatine is so conflicting because... That's true, too. Yeah. Because they literally say explicitly in the movie, Kylo knew, Rey knew, sorry, not Rey, Leia knew. Luke knew. And Luke knew. What? So, I know, that's another thing. Like, Luke straight up tried to kill Kylo Ren. Because, well, he tried to kill Ben Solo while he was training him because, because he had he said, he said Snoke had already turned his heart. But we learn in 9 that Snoke is just Palpatine. Snoke was just Pal- nothing. Palpatine's puppet. So well, can't he, you sense that? Pal- Palpatine just calls him, he just goes, my boy. Like <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> he literally <laughs> says, my boy. Yeah. Like... Don't know why How that happened. How can you happened. not sense that? And you still go through with everything with Ray, and you even ask her. You're like, I don't know. She like, you're like, where are you from? And she goes, I don't know. And you're like, all right, we'll fucking roll with it then. Yeah. And Leia yeah. knew, and Leia for a year in between the last Jedi and the Rise of Skywalker still trains her. I get Leia training her. That I can live with. Luke, I don't even understand why Luke. I mean, Luke was like hesitant to train her, but it wasn't. It wasn't explained that that was why. And then one of the things that J.J. Abrams is like, "Fuck you, Ryan Johnson." Ray goes back to the island on Acto, to the Jedi Temple, and she sees. First of all, she's about to chuck the lightsaber into the fire, mm-hmm. and then Luke, Luke catches it, and is like, "A Jedi's weapon should be treated with more respect," because you know, fuck Ryan Johnson, I guess, because of when Luke just tosses his lightsaber over his head in Episode Eight. Yeah, and then. She's like, I failed, and I'm going to do what you did. I'm just going to chill on this island and never return. And then Luke just says, I was wrong. Are you fucking kidding? We had an entire movie dedicated to why you didn't want to fucking come back. And now you're just going to say, I, I was wrong. I love that literally the entirety of episode seven, they're like, we have to find Luke Skywalker. We have to. We don't have a choice. And then eight, the entire thing is like, yeah, I'm not leaving. I'm staying right here. I'm not helping you. Until I'm he not does. fucking leaving. Until he does at the end and dies. And then Nine's like... Um, I was wrong. And he's like, yeah, I should have helped you. Like, okay, you know what? Go fuck yourself, bro. Like, I feel bad for Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill has actually been very vocal Mark... about the fact that they've just ruined Luke Skywalker's character. Mark, Mark Hamill does not deserve this. At all. He He does not deserve this. And then... The last thing about Rey... She goes at the end of the movie to a planet she has no association whatsoever. Tatooine. She goes to the Lars homestead, a place that, again, she has no association with whatsoever, even though Anakin has been there and Luke was raised there. Whatever. She Not buries. Related to either of them. She buries the lightsabers in the sand. Very disrespectful to Anakin Scott. Very. And then old woman comes up to her and she's like, who are you? And she's like, 
I'm Ray. And there's like a 90 seconds in between the next word. And I was like, please don't say it. Please don't say it. Please don't say it. Please don't say it. She looks over to the right. She sees Force Ghost Luke and Leia, who look way too happy to be there. <laughs> and the only Skywalkers there, by the way. No Kylo, no Hayden Christians. None of that shit. And she's just like, I'm Ray Skywalker. And that's the last word ever spoken in this saga. So, so yeah. So Ray is on a planet she has no association with. At a place on the planet that she has no association with. Sees the force ghost of people she really doesn't have any association with. I mean... Uh, like, Leia was... Leia, Leia trained her, Luke, you know, but, like, it's not like they're her fan. Like... Anakin, oh, sorry, Luke sees the force ghost of his father and his, like, his the two people who actually helped him in life, you know? Obi-Wan Kenobi is, like, his godfather. <laughs> and, yeah. and Yoda is his master. So she sees, like, you know, Leia is her master, but, like, at least show her the other people that she's associated with, maybe? Question mark? Um, I love, you know and, what? And, and she just usurps the name Skywalker. Yeah, she just takes it. That's fine. Um, I hated that too. I was the same way. When when she when she got asked Ray who, I'm like, oh my god, she's gonna say Skywalker, isn't she? God damn it. Um Like I'm I'm gonna pull up this comment from the day one early, early discussion thread uh on Reddit because the first comment is absolutely genius and I have it right in front of me. Yeah. Oh, do you? Okay, yes, okay. So it says, the Skywalkers all dying and Rey taking the name is an exact summation of this trilogy. Tearing down all the old heroes and everything they did just for the new ones to do the exact same thing. No inspiration. Just. Yeah. That's basically what happened. I mean, and this guy's like, this is what Rey, this is what Rey does. She takes the Millennium Falcon. She takes Chewie. She takes C-3PO. She takes R2-D2. She takes Luke's lightsaber. She takes Leia's lightsaber. She becomes the last Jedi. And now she has to rebuild the Jedi. And she also takes Luke's X-Wing. And she also takes Anakin's chosen one type. Yeah. I don't understand, like... There's no originality with this character. I'm just saying, if Rey wants to be a Skywalker, that means she kissed her brother. That's all I'm saying. Cousin, actually. Well, yeah. Well, unless she's the daughter of... Sorry, Leia. In which case, yeah, you kissed your brother. But I don't know what this was. What is this? Yeah, this. Why does George Lucas fuck with incest so much? Well, I mean, this isn't George Lucas. Well, I mean, he he kind of he had to have some involvement with this. Nope, it's not his company anymore. He's not allowed to have any involvement with it. (sighs) Is he the real villain of this trilogy? Since he sold Lucas Arts. No, it's Kathleen Kennedy. You think it's Kathleen Kennedy? I think it's Kathleen yeah, Kennedy and Ryan Kathleen and Ryan John. It's Not Kathleen J. J. Kennedy J. J. and Ryan John. Well, yes, because JJ set things up, and then Ryan shit he on them. Okay, he so didn't JJ set things up bad though. JJ had to do what he did in episode nine to make up for the fact that everything he set up was blown to shreds. So I don't blame JJ for, you know, having a stupid plot because it's not necessarily his fault. So we blame in Ryan Johnson for nine being as bad as it was. Yes. And Kathleen Kennedy that. for not having a plan. That's true um, too. I can so live yeah. with that. Ray Skywalker. 
the biggest disgrace I've ever seen in my entire life. She's like, not a Skywalker, but fine. How? Anyways, so, you wanted character assassin. Yeah, who was assassinated? Other so than Kylo. So, so, well, I was gonna go in order from most severe to least severe. Okay. In terms of like significance, one is obviously Kylo Ren. Um, he, his character is just it just gets shit on. Yeah. You know, we learn in episode seven, we see the Knights of Ren in Ray's little lightsaber vision. And then um, Snoke's little giant ass hologram, which is way too big for some reason, is like, even you, master of the Knights of Ren. You're like, ooh, who are the Knights of Ren? This is actually really interesting. And then we finally meet the Knights of Ren in episode nine. And they're just the most useless motherfuckers of all time. And then Ben turns to the good to the lights out of the force and just kills the knights of ren like i'm convinced the knights of ren only existed because jj abrams was like in episode nine we're gonna have him good and he needs something to kill yeah so he just kills his his the people that have been with him since the get-go which we haven't seen until now which are actually just useless motherfuckers but whatever um and then so this is this this is very logical issues and one of these bits is something that I'll show more examples of in a little bit. He dies. He does die. But then he doesn't. But then he does die again because Palpatine sucks out his life force. And not only that, he just yeets him into like a dark pit. But then that guess what? Happen. Guess what? He's alive. He climbed Convenient, out. Conveniently in time for Palpatine to have died and Rey to have also died. But guess what? Rey's not dead because Kylo goes there and force heals him. Force heals Rey. And I have so many problems with it. I'm going yeah. to assume Kylo Ren did not know force healing existed until Rey force healed him. Did we know force healing existed sucks. until Rey used it? I mean, we didn't know as a fan base force healing existed in these movies. Like, it existed in games, the Legends canon, which, again, not real anymore. Um, we didn't see it on a screen until Baby Yoda did it in Wednesday's episode of The Mandalorian. The, last day, before the, the, the day before the movie came out. Yes. and But Kylo is now just a master of force healing. And he force heals his entire... He gives his entire life into Rey. Rey survives. And Kylo dies. But not before... One of the cringiest and worst things I've ever seen in a film before. Which is the kiss. The, the Rey low kiss that every emo fangirl has been waiting for ever since 2015. There is just so much wrong kiss. Like, are we really gonna go in depth on that? Well, I mean, think about the kisses of Star Wars, Anakin and Padme. We show most of Episode Two is dedicated to them falling in love. Yeah, even parts of Episode One. Um, Han, sorry, before Han and Leia. Luke and Leia. A little bit weird, but it was just Leia being like, shut the fuck well, we up, Well, we didn't Han. know it was weird at the time, I guess. Like, when it came out, they didn't know. Han and Leia. There's nothing wrong with that. They're beautiful. And, like, we see their relationship grow across 
two and even three movies. And then you get into the sequels, which are 0 for 2 in the Kiss Department. Because in episode 8, you have Rose and Finn. Which is rape. At least sexual assault. I don't think Finn asked for that. And then you have the hashtag Raylo kiss. Well, there's just no calling it. Well, people have been saying Raylo for four years now. Um, it's just not built up to at all. We see that they're a dyad in the force. They're practically like cousins, if not siblings. And she's just like, oh, I love you so much. And then he dies. Good for her. Good for him. Good for <laughs> Good for Kylo Ren. Like, the fact that Kylo, the sole purpose he turns good is to save Rey's life and die in the process. I hate that. I hate everything about that. I'm fine with him turning good. I told my friend, I was like, he's going to turn good in this. That's fine. Like, they were building up to that. That's perfectly fine. You know what would have been sick? If Kylo turns good, survives, but Rey dies... And he's just like, then Kylo Ren, direct descendant of Luke Skywalker, is like the last of he's the quote not unquote a descendant Jedi. of Luke Skywalker. Well, Later. the direct sorry, a direct descendant of Anakin Skywalker. Yes, he he actually has the blood. The Skywalkers aren't dead, and he can live on being the last of the Skywalkers. But we can't have that, can we? Nah, that's too good. So Kylo Ren, the best part about this trilogy, and dare I say one of the greatest characters in Star Wars history, ruined. Yeah. In a matter of a few minutes. His last word, we just talked about it, was like, ow, you know? Like, what? Yeah. They didn't even give him a line or anything at the end. Um, Finn. We're talking it's about just, Finn's character assassination in this movie? It's just useless. Like, he kind of is in this movie. Like, he doesn't do a lot. We just get the hints that he's Force-sensitive, and then he doesn't get to kiss the girl. that He, like, he, he was like, Ray, I want to tell you something before I die, and we just never learn what he Yeah, they never even do it. They never even go over that again. That's cool. People are like, oh, he was going to... I'm in the boat that he was going to tell her either that he was Force-sensitive or that he loved her. I hope it was a ladder. Had to be one of a. Had to be one of the two. We'll never fucking know now. I mean, they're both but, alive. Yeah, he can tell her at any point in time, but yeah, that's whatever. Um, he, he just, uh, he, what is his purpose in this trilogy? Four and five, or sorry, six, seven and eight, or eight and nine really fucking ruined him like he was actually good in seven yeah and he has an arc he's the first time we ever see a storm turn good and then in this movie we meet like other fellow stormtroopers that are have turned good and like there's nothing based off that arc he just goes on the ship and then destroys it i also think it's really funny how he'd rather stay on the ship destroy it and die than go back with rose it's fucking hilarious to me <laughs> guess jj abrams listened in that department he did it was also funny because at the beginning of the movie finn is like rose you can come along and she's like no nah, i gotta stay back and that's like the last time she talks in the movie and that's like 15 minutes in until it um so who's the third so the third one it doesn't really matter but it kind of just pisses me off because i'm a big donald gleason fan hmm. um 
And the character of General Hux is just so wasted in this, not only in this movie, but in this trilogy. Yeah. He because really in, a, in, in episode seven, he's Space Hitler. Like, do you remember that speech he gives before they destroy the Republic? Yeah. He's just, he's just like Space Hitler. Like, the parallels are so obvious. He's Hitler. Um, and then in episode eight, he just gets tossed around by a ragdoll by everyone. And when, and at that point, we're like, all right, this guy shouldn't be feared anymore. Like, after watching episode seven, I was like, all right, here are the parallels. Snoke is Palpatine. Kylo Ren is Darth Vader. And Hux is Grand Moff Tarkin. But yeah. that's disrespectful now to Grand Moff Tarkin. Because Grand Moff Tarkin is like the badass of Star Wars. And he's probably the most badass character in Star Wars. He just naturally incites fear in people. He doesn't need to scream like General Hux. He even, he like, he has leverage over Darth Vader in episode four. And then even in Rogue One, he's a badass. You haven't seen Rogue One, but he's a badass in Rogue One. I love Grand Moff I love Peter Cushing, rest in peace. Um, so Hux is, starts off as just screaming Space Hitler, and even when he screams, he's not. Then in episode eight, he just gets thrown around like a rag doll. And in episode nine, he's like, ah, I'll just, you know, I'll be a spy. <laughs> and he's like, and then Finn is like. And then that didn't matter at all. Finn is like, why do you want us to win? He's like, I don't want you to win. I want Kylo Ren to win. Are you fucking kidding me? Come on, bro. That's, that was such a. And then like the next scene he's in, he just gets fucking blasted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. General Pride is like. He's like, just shoots him across the screen. And he's like, tell, tell the Emperor I found the spy. I'm like, like really? Kylo. So Hux doesn't even have a real arc in the movie at all? Nope. Like, poor Domino Gleason, dude. Like, I'm not kidding when I tell you Domino Gleason was more important and had a better character arc in the movie Peter Rabbit than in the Star Wars trilogy. <laughs> you might be right. I, I am I, right. I think I could agree with that. And be fucking honest with you. So yeah. So what's what's left? What do you got left? Uh, a little bit. So, as I was saying earlier, no one stays dead in this movie. There's no ramifications of any actions at all. That's true. You know, Kylo and Rey are pulling on the fucking ship and stuff like that. And then Ray shoots Force Lightning because she's a Palpatine. And then Chewie is exploded on the ship, and we're like, wow, Chewie's just dead. But no, he's alive. Doesn't really get explained because we see him go to the transport. We see the transport in the air. We see the transport explode, and everyone dies. But Chewie's alive? So he was on a yeah, different that's why, transport that's why off when screen? That ha- that's why when that happened on, in the theater, I was like, good question. I, how the hell did Chewie survive? I'm glad he did. Yeah, I Don't am. Don't get glad me wrong, did. but like, why? Um, next example: C three PO has to have his memory wiped in order for this fucking Sith translation. By the way, that shit is straight out of the Goonies. That really is straight out when, of the fucking Goonies. When she has to get the um, the dagger, and then the dagger points out where it oh, is oh, on yeah, the forty-year-old death. Dag- so I'm like, oh my! I'm God. like, that's the. I was like, that's the Goonies. The dagger just. This movie had some of the most ex machina shit I had ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's just everything is Deus Ex Machina. This, this whole trilogy used the Force as Deus Ex Machina. Yeah, which, which like okay, but 
that doesn't mean I'm gonna. In- that doesn't mean it's enjoyable. Bryce, that is a fantastic point. One of my favorite movie reviewers on YouTube, name is Jeremy Johns. He said in his spoiler review of The Force Awakens, he was like, this is the big difference in the mindsets of George Lucas and then the people who don't really understand Star Wars, like Disney. Disney is like, we have the Force. We can do whatever we want. But George Lucas would have been like, yeah, we have the Force, but that doesn't mean we can do whatever we want. That's such a huge difference in mindset. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's like, like what and, I, and, and, and what you said was per- the fourth is just Deus Ex Machina in this trilogy. In this trilogy, it is literally Ex Machina, the entire trilogy. Like the four, they just create things the Force can do for convenience. It's bad, and it's like really blatant too. Like they do not, they actually like pride themselves on it. So, so C3PO dies, has his memory wiped, but as soon as they get back to the Rebel base, R2D2 is like. Never mind, his memory's back. They literally like, bring this up. No, the fact that they literally are like, oh, R2-D2 saves your memory, right? Oh, his memory banks are shoddy. Immediately fixes his memory when they get back. Immediately. No no breaks. It's just not good. Um, Who else? Okay, Kylo Ren dies twice. But does he really? Maybe? He just comes back. He just comes back. And then when he dies for good... I have a problem with this, by the way. I didn't touch upon earlier when he dies after the kiss. He fades away and becomes one with the... Are you kidding me? This guy was a Sith Lord for most of his life. But the second he turns good, he can become one with Force. You know who needed, like, decades upon decades of intense Force training to do that? Qui-Gon Jinn, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Master Yoda, Master Luke. Up until now, those are the most powerful people with the force we've ever met. But I don't know, man. Kylo Ren must have been fucking pretty powerful too, I guess. But not as a Jedi, as a Sith. Yes. Yoda always said, "You know, we do not use the force for attack. We use it, you know, for peace." But the yeah. second Kylo Ren actually uses the force for good. He gets rewarded for it. I just that's a it's a small nitpick of mine because I think it I think it undermines the power and the connection to the Force and the level of a Jedi that you are of those characters that I mentioned. But most people won't have a problem with that. And if you're gonna have them fade, fade away, at least have them as a Force ghost in that last scene. Like I mean, do, that's do, a, like, do Adam Driver justice. I mean, like not everyone could be Force ghost though. That was a thing. Yeah, it's something you have to learn. You know what else is something you have to learn? This is in old Star Wars canon. You know what else is something you have to learn? What? The ability to deflect Sith Force lightning off of a lightsaber. Yeah. It's something like only really Mace Windu knew how to do. Otherwise, don't you think Luke Skywalker... Don't you think Luke Skywalker would have done that? Yeah. But no, he like absorbs the lightning until his father kills Palpatine. Who, like, who outside of Palpatine had lightning though? We only know that Palpatine and Count Dooku could use, it. but Dooku that just had it. Yes, but that just means oh. any that yeah. And then remember, Yoda like sucks it up in ball and throws oh, it back at him, yeah. which is really which is really stupid. Um, and so, pretty much, I guess we can learn that anyone who's very strong in the dark side of the Force can have force lightning or i guess if you're a descendant of palpatine you can have it because ray does it which is stupid but whatever um literally kills chewbacca but it's fine 
Oh my god. No one stays dead. Like there's no at any point in the trilogy, no level of a real threat. Yeah. Only the only the um illusion of one. Like watch Avengers Infinity War. Thanos is kicking ass for two and a half minutes, two and a half hours. He like and, and people die. People like, die. No one can stop Thanos. And then he wins. He fucking wins. Now that is uh, that is a threat level. See, that's here's the thing. Now you could argue for that point, oh, they just brought him all back in the next movie. That's the thing. They brought them back in the next movie. There was actually a real threat that those people died. And then they faced the mental and physical impacts. Five years go by. They all live like very terrible lives because they have to deal with the ramifications of failing to stop the threat level. This even happens in episode five. You could say like episode four, yeah, they blow up the Death Star. Yeah, but Darth Vader's still alive. And episode five, Darth Vader comes back with a vengeance. And Luke Skywalker is hit with the biggest truth bomb in the history of cinema. And then the end of episode five is not happy. Like, Luke just lost an arm. Has to deal with the fact that Darth Vader is his father. They're all super harmed. Han Solo's frozen in fucking carbonite. Lando Calrissian betrayed them, but then comes back to help them. Everyone is distraught. No one has a good mental state, including Darth Vader. But there's yeah. nothing like that in this trilogy. There's yeah, never sure. any level of threat. At the end of episode seven, Ray literally beats Kylo Ren. And then Snoke is like, it's time to complete Kylo Ren's training. Spoiler alert, that never happens. You know, episode that shit ain't happened at episode, all. episode eight. Literally the resistance is running on fumes. And they're about to be blown up. But then yeah, literally. But, but but then Admiral Karen just light speeds into the death star into the star destroyer ship and they're all saved you know yay we you know kylo ren loses again it's not even the the most ridiculous thing that happened in that movie and that's saying something yeah that really is um and then in episode nine it's like oh palpatine's back but the entire audience is literally just surprised at that fact like because it's dumb and it's there even when Palpatine sucks out the life force and is like yeeting Kylo Ren across the screen and is obliterating people with force lightning, we're like, oh, we immediately assume Ray has got this. And that's dumb. I remember watching episode six for the first time at a very young age. Luke Skywalker's being like shocked with force lightning. I was like yeah, crying. I, I was like, Luke Skywalker's gonna die. This is terrible. I'm on the verge of tears. I am in tears. But, like, that's a threat level. Like, we shouldn't assume Rey is going to win this battle. And then she she does. And, uh, there's just no... So, if there's no threat level, your movie is boring. I'm sorry. That is true. So, so is, is that... What else you got? Is that everything? Have you let um, out everything in this movie? I think I have two more kind of things. One, I mean, I, 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 I have Palpatine is stupid because I think Palpatine is really stupid in this. First of all, he kills himself. He can't. Well, technically, yeah. Um, two, he has this big ass fleet of star destroyers, but he just keeps it hidden in ice. If he just like used it earlier, could he not overthrow the first order? 
I think he could have overthrown whatever he wanted. Yeah, he's the most powerful person in the galaxy. By himself. Like, let's forget the fleet of Star Destroyers. Just, like, by himself. And by the way, those, this is why I say this is a bad video game. And, like, J.J. Abrams is just playing with action figures as a child. Those, like, he's like, oh, Palpatine has all these big Star Destroyers. And each one of them have Death Star capabilities. What? <laughs> That's the, a big cap. We see a, a Star Destroyer blow up a planet. In what universe should that be happening in a Star Wars? None. Whatsoever. It's just not... That doesn't make sense. It didn't make sense to me either. And and guess what? All these Star Destroyers with Death Star capabilities lose a battle because Finn rides a horse onto a Star Destroyer and is like, oh, if we destroy their fucking radar detector, we win. What?! You have Star Destroyer capabilities, you dumb fucks. Yeah, you're, all, you're the most overpowered ships in the history of Star Wars, and you still lose. You, you just shouldn't exist. And you shouldn't exist. What's the last thing? And, okay. Two of my favorite things in history are, like, ripped off in this movie. One of them is Avatar The Last Airbender. There's that scene at the end of Avatar. Um, where, you know, Aang sees, like, the long line of all the previous avatars, and they're all talking to him about how he must rise up and defeat the Fire Nation and stuff like that. And it's, like, so hopeful. It's, like, so epic and stuff like that. Like, you just feel the epicness of that. Because you're like, now Aang is ready to go. And it feels like a good payoff, because at that point, you have four seasons of Aang training to be the Avatar. You see him with ups and downs and highs and lows and winning battles and losing battles, making friends, losing friends. It's, it's, it's the, I mean, it's, it's the best TV show plot of all time. It's a good payoff. But when Rey is on the ground and she hears all the voices of the Jedi... Like, yeah, it's cool to hear Liam Neeson and Samuel L. Jackson and Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor back on my screen. And also Ahsoka Tano, very underrated character in Star Wars. It just doesn't feel the same way. Because in what, like, what is the real reason for a thousand generations of Jedi to live in her? Because she read the books. They don't really gave, they didn't really give one. She's only been a Jedi for like a year, give or take. She hasn't had any real training on the Force, but she like she read the books, I guess. And she come and this shouldn't be, you know, overlooked. She is the granddaughter of the most powerful Sith to ever live. But the Jedi confide in her. Yeah. That just doesn't make sense from a logical standpoint. Not even from a lore standpoint. It doesn't make sense logically. Like, could you imagine if Harry Potter was the grandson of Voldemort? They're Very still connected. Series. And and that's why it's that's why I love what J.K. Rowling did. They're still connected. Voldemort and Harry Potter are connected. Because Harry Potter is a horcrux of Voldemort. Harry Potter needs to die for Voldemort to die. I love that. I love everything about that. That's why Harry Potter is top two. It's like it's amazing. There's just absolutely no payoff for that moment. And then that leads to the stupidest ripoff of all time. I guess you can't even say it's a ripoff because both companies are owned by Disney now. Because if you have intellectual property, Disney owns it. You know, this April we saw Thanos go, I am inevitable. And then Iron Man goes, 
and I am Iron Man. And everyone loves it. In this movie, you just have the cheapest fucking version of that, which is so dumb. Palpatine goes, I am all of the Sith. And then Rey goes, and I am all of the Jedi. And then deflects the lightning back at him and kills him. Really? 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 I cringe <laughs> in the theater. Like... That's that is the cringe. moment we're led to. We're, that's the moment we're led to believe the entire Skywalker saga builds up to, and I cringed, and I wish it. I wish it never happened. Like it's such a blatant ripoff. Did you notice that too? I, I mean, I, I, I thought that it was like, I thought, hey, maybe that is a nod to Avengers, but I also didn't really. At that point in the movie, I was like, please end. Yeah, literally. <laughs> like, I mean, I just wanted to leave the theater at and, that and, point. And again, it like it makes sense. It makes sense as to why Palpatine is all of the Sith. It he makes is no all sense. The Sith. It, it makes no sense as to why you are all the Jedi. I'm sorry. Get you your Mary Sue out of my that face. Why makes Palpatine's all the Sith? Because yeah. there was multiple movies. <laughs> yeah, and so much lore, so much, especially in the Legends and Extended Universe canon, which again now doesn't fucking exist anymore i mean it's still it's it exists but it's been stricken off as non-canon because well i mean okay so is that is that all of the the rant that everyone was waiting for it is very long i could tell you that yeah i feel like you were this has been longer than like 20 of 26 episodes 25 episodes Uh, it's, it's gonna be a long one so how about to end the star wars uh talk for a very long time um we're gonna rank the trilogy. We're gonna rank the saga Star Wars. I'm gonna start because Roz, I feel like you need a break. Um, yeah, let me just. My throat hurts so much. All right, so mine are my the. I'm gonna go top to bottom. So number one, Roz, I will agree with me. Episode five, definitely, a one. Uh, I got second place. I got episode four. Uh, in third place, episode three. And I'm going to say right now, those are the only good saga movies. The other ones are decent or bad. But those three are good. So in fourth, I have episode six. In fifth, I have episode seven. And that's saying something that a movie from this trilogy is top five. Um, Well, being top five of nine. If you're fifth out of nine, that means you're below the the par. It means you're under 500. So. So, in 6th place, I have episode 1. In 7th, episode 9. In 8th, episode 8. And the dead last, and it will always be dead last, episode 2. That movie fucking sucks. At least it had a plot. Honestly, the plot is fucking terrible. And the movie almost doesn't have a plot. That movie, no, that movie is ass. That, That is a different degree of ass. It's hilarious. I don't know if you saw that clip from Cosmonaut Variety Hour that was trending on Twitter. But he was like, Palpatine has to kill Padme, but he doesn't want to do it himself. So he sends Count Dooku to kill Padme, but he doesn't want to do it himself. So he sends Jango Fett to kill Padme, but he doesn't want to do it himself. So Jango Fett sends Sam Wazell to kill Padme, but she doesn't want to do it herself. So she sends a robot to kill Padme, but the robot doesn't want to do it itself. So it inserts the bugs into Padme's room to kill Padme. And then even then, they don't kill bad. It's pretty. That funny. is, yeah, pretty much. 
So, so what is yours? What is um, your your nine? I got episode five at one. Mm-hmm. It's the greatest movie of all time. Um, and then for two, I'd probably say A New Hope because of like the impact and all that stuff. I love watching Revenge of the Sith, but I, I'd put two as like a tie, like two A and two and three are like both virtually two. And it's A New Hope and Revenge of the Sith. I can go back and forth on them uh, for as long as I want. Um, that's just the way it is. Um, <laughs> and then I changed my opinion on this. I'm putting I'm putting Return of the Jedi at four because now I see that as the true ending of the story. Like seven, eight, nine, you don't exist anymore. Sorry. Um, so six is going to be at four for me. That's the true ending of the saga. At five, I'll put um, The Force Awakens because I would have put that at four, but you know, now it's just like I don't acknowledge your existence anymore. But <laughs> you know, The Force Awakens is a very, it's, it's, it's a good movie and it's a fun time for the whole family. Um, you know, the, the fans, the fan service awakens. Um, <laughs> then I got uh, the Phantom Menace, um, which is only above Attack of the Clones because it has Duel of the Fates and Darth Maul, um, and it's it's very memorable for me. It's extremely memorable for me. Qui Gon was kind of fire in that movie. I don't. I disagree with that. But no one's fire in that movie except for Darth Maul. Um, and John John Will. Best. Yeah, but that was like baby you and McGregor, and he just—he's fucking—he's fucking irrelevant in the movie. He serves no purpose. Um, well, he kill, well, he quote unquote kills Darth Maul, but that ends up not yeah, being true. Actually, yeah, but then he kills him. He actually kills him like forty years later. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. Uh, very cool scene in Star Wars Rebels. Um, then you have at seven Attack of the Clones. Um, terrible movie. I don't know. I I already you talked put about eight it. and nine under two. You know what? I'll put eight above the Phantom Menace because, like I said, nine made me appreciate because it's kind of sad to see eight get shit on, not by fans, but by the director of the next movie. Like, (laughs) J.J. Abrams is like, hey, fuck you. We're going to undo everything you did. And in the process, put several lines in the movie that shit on your movie. Have fun with Knives Out. I hope you have a successful movie there. Knives Out was good, though. Um, so I'll put, so I'll go five, four, three, seven, eight, one, two, and then at nine, the final movie of it all, Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker, the worst movie in the Star Wars franchise, one of the worst movies I've ever had to pay for in my entire life. I'll never pay for it ever again. I don't want to watch it ever again, but I probably will go see it with my sister. Um, um, and So our list is pretty similar. Yeah, um, they are. Except for, like, the end. But, like, your top four and my top... Your top five... I think our... Actually, our top six is the same. Because you went five, four, three, six, seven, one, right? No, I went seven, eight. You went seven. Oh. Uh, so our top five is the... Or four is the same. Yes. Um, I think it should be the same for most people. Considering... You know what? I'm going to make this claim... Three, four, five, and six are the only canon saga movies. Anything else is cap and does not exist. None of the other movies exist. Only three, four, five, and six. And Rogue One. No, I'm talking saga. 
Rogue One's not part of the saga. I mean, it almost is. You can watch Rogue One. is, but... Like, Rogue, Rogue, you can watch Rogue One and then, like, cut off the credits and then cut off the intro of A New Hope and put it as one, like, five-hour movie. Or, sorry, like, four-hour movie. And it's, like, it works completely. Well, that's can Rogue One's actually pretty good. So, that, that stays. Well, I think that wraps up any Star Wars talk. Probably for a very long time. We're going to bury it in the sand. Where it belongs. Yeah. So, before we end, this has been a really long episode. And if you don't like that, I apologize. However, this is what we do. And it's, it's you know, I know it's, it's like, oh, Christmas special. I know. And I know this is going up on Christmas. But this is just, we had to do this. So... Do you want to talk about, do you want to like briefly go over your New York trip? Because you were in the city for a couple days. Yeah, I spent the weekend in New York and it was fun, you know, seeing all the Christmas shit, the Rockefeller Center tree and, you know, all those annoying ass Salvation Army people dressed up as Santa ringing bells in your ear. Um, Too many people in Times Square, I'll tell you that. Um. But overall, a fun trip. Nothing I haven't done before. So it's not like there was anything new. But um, Did you do anything in particular? I got some good food. I mean, New York is known for that. Let me just say, I didn't do anything I haven't already done. Alright. Hope you enjoyed the dust city. Yeah, I mean, it's New York. You know, you know it's... It's a great place to visit. Live, oh. uh... It's the concrete jungle wet dream tomato. There's nothing you can't do. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I think I just want to, before we end this, I want to say just uh, happy. Well, if you celebrate Hanukkah, happy Hanukkah. I think it started Sunday night. Um, for, for, but for all my, my Christmas people, Merry Christmas or happy Christmas. Don't want to offend people. Don't I never understood what was wrong with that, but it, I mean I guess. So have a great holiday season. Um, I hope uh, I hope you don't get too mad at us for how long this is and how it's like one topic based. Hey, listen, this is my Christmas present to you, to the people. <laughs> Raza sacrificed his throat for this, so. My throat is burning right now. I hope I hope you guys enjoyed it to some degree. Again, thank you, Red Velvet Poppy, for the outro and intro music. I, and you know what? You know what? Thank you to just you know this is our last episode of 2019. It our is bir- our birth year, and just like anyone who's listening now or has their will listen, just like thank you. You know, you know our year in review is going up next week, It'll but be, uh, on on New Year's Day. On New Year's Day, hashtag Intel. But mm-hmm. um, well, it's a Wednesday, yeah. so you know, just to, just a big, big, big thank you to everyone. Um, you deserve to have a Merry Christmas. You deserve no coal in your stocking, and um, fucking, you know, I hope that your holiday season is better than mine. It's not a very high bar, especially <laughs> after this weekend. So, well, have a I great will, time, everyone. 
Yeah, have a happy holidays. Like Raza said, next week on New Year's Day, we'll 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 talk about 2019 and 2020 in that episode, and we'll see y'all then. Have a nice day.